Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Welcome to the Theater Podcast, intimate personal conversations with theater's biggest names. I'm your host, Alan Seals, and this episode is with Anthony Veneziale, who is one of the founding members of Freestyle Love Supreme, along with Lin-Manuel Miranda and several others that you'll hear us talk about throughout the episode. I just want to say that it is very, very rare that you meet someone that seems as kind as Anthony seems to me. He and his his whole crew, like Christopher Jackson, Chris Sullivan, a.k.a. Shockwave, the beatboxer, Lin-Manuel Miranda, of course, Anissa Folds, the list goes on. It just all seems like they are so genuinely nice people, and they embody the ideal behind Freestyle Love Supreme and the FLS Academy, which is basically, as I understand it, just to help you become a better version of yourself. But I need to warn you, We get into a fun, fun detour into the neuroscience of the brain and how freestyling actually helps you shake inhibitions and lose what I like to call your little devil on your shoulder, that uh, that voice in your head that tells you you're not good enough. After you talk to Anthony, you just feel motivated. You feel just better. I, I came out of this interview and just got very, very excited to actually start taking classes with the FLS Academy, so I hope you will. I'll have links in the show notes to help you find that resource as well. But before we get into it, please visit me on Instagram and Twitter at theater underscore podcast. Find me online at thetheaterpodcast.com. Please show your support via ttp.fm slash Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Leave a rating and a review on iTunes or wherever else you're listening. And now, everybody, please enjoy this episode with Anthony Veneziali. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Here you go. One, two, three. My guest today is a professional improviser who I think is safe to say specializes in freestyle rap. He's known by his stage name, Two Touch, and he's the conceiver and co-creator of Freestyle Love Supreme and has been performed and teaching improv for more than 20 years and is a leader in the field of musical improvisation. He's used these techniques for endeavors with Tommy Kale, Lin-Manuel Miranda, David Diggs, and other name drops and numerous others. He co-founded SpeechlessInc.com, a live improvised PowerPoint show, and has been working for several years to scientifically measure people's brains while improvising, which is something I'm truly excited to talk about. He was most recently seen on Broadway in the limited run of Freestyle Love Supreme. And you can also catch him in the Hulu documentary, We Are! 
are Freestyle Love Supreme, pre, 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 which documents the group's 15 year history. Anthony Veneziali, welcome to the theater podcast. Wow. Well, I think that's the whole thing, right? Like, what else is there to say? Thanks so much, Alan. See you next year. <laughs> and that's it. We're done. <laughs> no, I, I, I remember when we met, we met a, a couple months ago, and you were telling me about the, the stuff that you were doing with, with brainwaves and measuring all, and uh, like in a, a lab at MIT, I think I was reading, I can't tell what's a joke and what's not when I'm reading it online about you. But I know you are legitimately measuring people's brainwaves. In an fMRI machine. And yes. I think, I think that's so unusual. I want to start with that. Okay, great. So yeah, so I'll do my best to contextualize uh, to the best of my ability. I am not a neuroscientist. Uh, I do not do surgery inside of the brain, nor do I track it. But I've been a part of several studies now, and I work with Dr. Charles Lim. He's out of the uh, UCSF Sandler Center, where the neuroimaging happens. And when you're in an fMRI machine, you're actually uh, measuring the oxygenated hemoglobin. So that's where blood just was. So in an fMRI machine, we can kind of see basically the remnants of blood flow. So the waves are EEGs. That's a different measuring scale. And we're doing some, some studies in that as well, but that's with the Lerner Lab out of Stony Brook Institute. And those, when you have brain waves, that's electromagnetic activity. And that's something slightly different than the deoxygenated hemoglobin, which is more used for processing and seeing certain 3D models of the brain. So where in the brain are these things happening? And then when you can kind of see where they're happening, there's often causality and or correlative uh, understandings of what those parts of the brain control. What's really interesting to me is, is you know, we're going to get into your story and, and how you got to where you are and, you know, the, the history of Freestyle of Supreme and everything else. And, but like in going, reading about you and researching you, it, it seems like everything that you are doing now is a result of the freestyling and the free thought and the imagination that has been allowed to, to, to just grow exponentially because of the freestyling. But we didn't realize that's what it was until the last couple of years because of the research you're now doing. Mm, That's super cool. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, the mediolateral prefrontal cortex, right? Mm -hmm, Yeah. uh, Let me see if I get this right. The center of your brain that controls your, your flow, right? Right? Yeah, yeah. So, so, you know, different researchers have kind of been talking about and looking at flow state. Uh, and that's often this unimpeded novel thought is sort of flowing and happening in a way that feels like time just disappears, right? So a lot of people experience flow state in, in different endeavors. For some people, it's like, oh, when I go on a run, I get that runner's high. Um, and, and there's a certain amount of flow state involved with that. Or when I am painting or when I'm uh, you know, coding. For a lot of people, I work with a lot of engineers here in Silicon Valley, when they get locked into the zone of coding, they're like, I'm just in a flow state. You know, I'm locked in. And that tends to you know, be housed in the medial lateral prefrontal cortex, which is slightly forward you know, right here, almost right above your forehead, just off to the sides. It's almost like this little kind of, uh, how would you say it, like a horseshoe-shaped thing that goes from one side to the other in the, oh, interesting. on your forehead. Yeah. And, and – then the dorsolateral prefrontal cortex, which I want to call the devil on your shoulder, yeah, is, is 
that little that little Alan, that little Anthony that's like, wait, wait, do am I good enough? Wait, is he liking what I'm saying right now? It, should I actually go out there on stage and continue with this act that I don't think is good enough with myself? And there was something that uh, that that I was reading. I don't remember. I don't remember where I read it. It was obviously around you, and I don't remember where it was. But so I can't give credit. But uh, it was like the the improv warm ups. You know, like zip zap stop and one two three four five and just shaking it out. Activate, activate your medial lateral and deactivate your dorsal lateral. Right. So they're. They're getting you without realizing it. That's that's what you're doing. And uh, am I am I off base here? Is it is this? No, I mean that's amazing, so Alan. You you yes, you you just hit a home run. You're not just on base. <laughs> you came around all the bases. <laughs> that is totally it. So so the the wonderful part of activating your medial lateral prefrontal cortex is that it mutes or it really dampens the dorsal lateral prefrontal cortex. This is like you just said that sort of like devil on your shoulder. I think of it as an angry puppet. Like some of us are old enough to remember the Muppet show where Waldorf and Stadler are in the back and they're like, all these Muppets are the worst. You couldn't do a good <laughs> show if you paid them. They're paying them. You know, that kind of stuff, right? <laughs> and, and I think for a lot of us, that voice sounds a lot like our parents or that teacher that just like always shredded us. Um, you know, we kind of sometimes will place that, that part of our brain with a voice. Um, and it generally tends to be about your major insecurities or trauma. You know, there's, there's also a lot of things here when you kind of get to the root of it too, um, which is we create patterns and these synaptic connections that get super strong that are get become preferred pathways, uh, around defense mechanisms, around avoidance mechanisms. And when you do that, you kind of crystallize uh, the synapse. And so it no longer needs to even travel over it by sending that electrode. It just is already an automatic thought for you. So how do we get out of those habits? Sometimes those habits are great. Sometimes they're really useful for us, right? Like, I'm not saying all patterns or habits are bad. They can be great. Like breathing, for example, that's a super good one. I don't have to really worry about that. <laughs> right? Like my, this, this deep note, the DNC, the, this, this deep uh, DMC, sorry, part of our brain takes care of that on its own. And, and there's all these like really strong pathways for it. But sometimes we get into these patterns that we didn't know that we're in and improv and, and getting to that flow state really helps to actually expose and sometimes even like unravel some of those. I, I my brain right now is going in a million different directions, and um, I used to do improv. I think every everybody who sang a cappella also did improv. Hand, hand is raised right here. Um, yes, oh. and <laughs> and it was. And I remember. I remember. I, I did a. I, I excelled at the musical games, and it was something about singing versus speaking. And I've. I've also I got a psych minor and I've I've been into this brain stuff for a while and that's why I'm really like focusing in on this right now. I think it's fascinating and it's interesting to me, you know, speaking of Lynn Manuel Miranda, um, that I can memorize I can memorize scripts with blocking, I can memorize songs, but I have I still years later have a hard time memorizing raps because I grew up I grew up listening to cast albums and traditional songs and I was not exposed. I wasn't around a culture of people who listen to hip hop or listen to, to to freestyle at all, and so my my synapses went straight for music, like music pathways, not 
making up freestyles. Mm-hmm. So I guess let's let's segue there into what has what brought you into the path of freestyling and I mean because you you co-created it you freestyle of supreme FLS we'll just call it FLSSS so, <laughs> so at what point were you like oh this kind of thing that improv has sort of got this no, sort of nerdy connotation around it I'm going to do it for a living and I'm going to be good at it okay so never once did I think I could do improv for a living that's that is a fool's errand um <laughs> I just loved it so much that I continued to do it until people paid me for it um <laughs> let's be honest and you know I speaking of of those neural networks that we create around things that light us up so musical casts blocking staging you've created a neural network around that i used to listen to hip-hop to go to sleep it was calming to me it was the thing that i kind of almost mathematically could rely on um i was a very math-brained person um i love i love math i I really enjoyed the sort of like concrete answers around it uh because i would go to sleep every night terrified of of you know what happens when you die? Uh, and yet, that, <laughs> wait, how old were you when you were going to sleep like this? Oh God, probably like eight or nine, right? Really? So it's like, yeah, like at eight or nine, like there's this sense of of mortality usually starts, and, and even your own perspective and point of view. And I just remember like doing like communion and then being like, quote unquote, you know, fully Catholic now. And I was like, oh, okay, so what does that mean? And oh, heaven and hell. Wait a second, you could go to the and so I would just spend most nights being like, what is that? Where am I going? Heaven or hell? Uh, so I would have to try to, I would have to try to quiet that thinking. And, um, Which side I, note, I guess Catholicism worked at that phase, right? Cause you wanted way, to be good. Go. That's yeah, right. Good, good job, right. Catholicism. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, uh, probably around eight or nine, I started listening to classical music because there was a lot, of, there's a lot of math in classical music. Absolutely. Well. And so it's, it's, it's very structured there. It's, you know, that's, it's this lovely sort of thing. Apocalypse Canada is what I used to listen to most nights that like got me to sleep. And then at some point, probably maybe when I was 10, I heard around the way girl by LL Cool J. And I was like, wait, I want to know everything that ladies love cool James is saying in this song, because there is something here. This structure makes mathematical sense to me. And He's talking about stuff that I'm not accustomed to, right? I grew up uh, outside of Philly and not many black people are in my neighborhood. And I heard the song and I was like, all of that is fascinating to me. Why don't I know what a Fendi bag is? Uh, <laughs> who's wearing bamboo earrings? Two, they have at least two pair of them. Um, and so that's the scansion of early hip hop and leading to the rhyme pattern was what I was looking for almost in like a way of Tetris, right? So it's like, if you imagine the words as they fill in and fit the form to, to complete whatever that block is, that's how I saw it in my head at a young age. And so I was insatiable. I needed to know every rap song and I needed to know every album front to back. I mean, at one point, I think I was up to like, I knew every word and every over 150 rap albums. Wow. Um, and that's, it's just, that's how my brain was working at the time. And it was really relaxing to me. Um, not to mention like the soothing bass of, of that amazing era as well. Like early nineties, hip hop, Ron Carter, 
is on the base. So I think I built a pretty strong neural network of the the inner workings and or listening ear for how hip hop worked. So by the time I got to college, um, it was something I was just super interested in experimenting with. So I, I was kicked off the soccer team my sophomore year and I auditioned for the improv troupe. And one of the things they did, and you know this well, right, Alan, in acapella and in improv groups, they try to gamify songs. Yeah. So there was something called the song game. And in the song game, it would be like, cool, uh, you're doing a scene. Uh, you're at 7-Eleven and go. Uh, and then you're in the middle of the scene and then the moderator would say, freeze. Okay, what genre of music are they going to continue the scene in? And then, you know, you'd get opera or you'd get country or you'd get... In, and this is the like late '90s, so we would always get hip hop. Everyone listened to hip hop. So at some point, someone would be like gangster rap or hip hop or whatever it was, and I was like, "Yes, I can't wait. This is my favorite part." Um, and I just had the fluidity of being able to express thought over beat that rhymed, uh, and I think all of that neural networking helped me to do that. And so then I was just a junkie for it because that got me to my flow state. That that was the joy for me, and it was like cool. Not only am I doing this at in an improv show, I'm going to house parties. I'm setting up cipher sessions. Like, let's go. Like, this is what I'm about, and this is what I want to do. So I was at Wesley, and then I was lucky enough to be surrounded by a lot of hip-hop heads and people who loved it, and people who were open to a white kid like me trying to figure out what my hip-hop voice was as well. well where, oh, real quick then, your hip-hop voice, where, where did Two Tests come from? Where'd you get the name? Oh, so I, I had a, an improv troupe called the pedestrians in New York for a while. And my buddy, John Newman, who is an amazing songwriter and, and uh, composer and lyricist. Um, he was in a scene with me and he called me two milk. Uh, but also he knew that I played soccer. And so he said, two milk, give it a two touch. And it's what we actually did to our show. So the show that we did was, we get an iPod from somebody or a CD if you were carrying CDs back then. And then we would ask for a random song. And then the four of us in the group would recreate the song with just our voices. And then at some point in the show, we would go back to us singing the song, but we would do the alternate take. Like imagine BBC anthology, Hey Jude, alternate take, right? We mm -hmm. would do that for whatever song played at the top. And it would be the two touch of the song. It would be the second touch to the song. Uh, and it was a format that I kind of had created for this group. And so then this, this show and the group and John kind of just started to really like pin that concept on me, like, of okay, it's a two touch. It's a, it's also a move in soccer that I love very much where you look like you're going one way and you drag the ball on the inside of your foot. And then you quickly touch it with the outside of your foot to go the opposite direction. And it, you, you can see like any move Lionel Messi ever does or Cristiano Ronaldo where they leave somebody embarrassingly in the dust is a two touch. I, uh, I I wonder. I mean, it's catch twenty two in my in my way of thinking because I you know listening to you speak and just listening to you bring up random facts, random names on all this. Like, ladies love Cool James. How many people know that this LL Cool J, right? Uh, I, I wonder if it was the neural pathways that you created by listening to hip hop that allow you to then fill in all the buckets with all these facts of information, with all these little words that go everywhere, or if you're just naturally predisposed to remember all these little facts with it, which then help you later to be able to recall all of these things, the drop of a hat. I mean, you know, you, you and I mean, you and Utkarsh, UTK, uh, I mean, you guys are on 
well, everybody's got their own style, right? Like UTK yeah. is is the speed rap, and like that the MC or the leader, you drive you the energy that you bring. Nobody else has on the stage, mm-hmm. and like young niece, Anissa Falls, just man, she can sing, and Arthur the geniuses is just like God, right? Like every and C Jack, Chris Jackson, and then there's Lynn. You know what has he done? And never heard uh, of him. Never heard of him. Everybody's got their own style, but it's all super intelligent. Uh, oh, and Shockwave, right? Chris Sullivan, right? Mm-hmm. Got to be in beatboxing, got to be with you as, as well. And and oh, yeah. all of you have your own style and your own, your own distinct voice in the way that you tell stories and the way that you freestyle. But it's all... The, the common thread that I see is it's all super... It's genuine. It is... It, it's, it's real, right? So it's genuine, it's real, it is, um, and it's caring, and it's intelligent. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not putting each other down, you're building mm-hmm. each other up. Yeah, and And you're always, like, it's just smart. All of you are so, like, have you ever got out to trivia together? <laughs> just, <laughs> like, would you, have you ever done a trivia team with these people? We seriously should. So <clears throat> luckily enough, I have done trivia uh, with Charles Lim and with his team of, of neurologists. And that was a blast. That was so <laughs> fun. That was a great night. Um, yeah, I mean, the short answer is we play games often together. And uh, and they will stay away from trivia uh, just because uh, it's unfair, right? Trivia, especially the way a lot of trivia is, is, <laughs> is generated, it's about a pretty skewed audience, right? So, so for us, we tend to stay away from that game. Also, people don't want to people don't want to play with me. <laughs> and trivia, <laughs> it was just you can't don't don't play. Udkars calls me two touch apedia. <laughs> um, and and you're right, Alan. What is what is the nature? What is the nurture of it all? What is there a predisposition that I have around creating these? Like you know, for some people, they they have a memory palace and they're super capable of, of memorizing exceptionally long strings of numbers. And for them, it's often associated with codifying and chunk it uh, chunking it up so that it is broken into manageable parts. Like all that's that all humans do that. Like every human tries to find pattern and then they try to codify it so that it's manageable. Um, you know, and the human brain does that as well. Um, it's an entropic state. So, and it, you know, entropy is not this sort of like death of the brain. It's more about the solidification of pattern so that we can do the least amount of work to be successful. Um, and, and that's, that's humans in a nutshell. That, whoa. Okay, something just clicked with me because you—you you, so one of my biggest fears in life is that I will stop possessing the capability to learn. I always want to do things differently and walk a slightly different route and make sh- brush my teeth with the opposite hand. You know, just try to do something a little bit differently. So I'm always challenging myself because I'm so afraid that my neural pathways will, like you just said, I didn't realize that it was chemically you know, your, your, your brain is trying to do that. So I'm consciously trying to fight against my brain, making it, making my life easy for myself. Yes. Yes. That's gorgeous. I love that, Alan. That is so, so true. Oh God. Oh, mind blown. 
<laughs> yeah, that that's sort of our um, this you know deep node network that's that's kind of built into the middle of our brain, which is some of the, the earliest and most reptilian part of our brain. Um, it's all about conserving energy. It's it's all about the the shortest path in some ways. So we're constantly judging that concept. We're constantly holding ourselves against that standard quite often of was that the easiest thing? And at a certain point, we stop because we're like, yep, it is. And so that's the entropic state. That's that's that sort of point where it's like, and some people call that wisdom, right? For a lot of people, that's like, and, and it can get solidified. It can turn into what might lead towards plaques inside of the brain. And for different scientists who are studying Alzheimer's, there's these different correlative measures around a plaque or a tangle and and there's still, you know, evidence out there as to as to which one is is more responsible for for Alzheimer's. But I, a lot of people think both. It's it's not just one. Now it can definitely be both, or the contribution of both plaques and tangles together. But you know, plaques are these really lodged, crystallized synaptic connections that sort of form these clusters that, in some way, are immutable. Right? They're not. They're not movable. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, what what are you and Dr. Lim hoping to do with the research? And what what I the second part of the question is: Have you looked far enough ahead? Now that you said Alzheimer's, have you looked at people who have done who are getting Alzheimer's now? And did they were they musicians? Were they did they do improv? Like who is? Have you got taken that extra step to see who is predisposed to getting Alzheimer's? No, and that's something that is you know far beyond the reach of, of what this particular um, paradigm that we're that we're going after is. It's it's hugely interesting to me. Um, there are certain schools like Second City has been doing a lot of work with um, assisted living facilities. So often, what happens when people do uh, go into dementia or Alzheimer's, they're they're surrounded by people who negate their reality, and so they're in scenes with bad scene partners. Um, and so a lot of assisted living facilities are starting to get improv training so that the people who are helping to facilitate care or administer care can say yes and to whatever reality this, this person is going through. Um, and when you do that, you have much less of a pushback from that person to go into a sort of spiral or a, uh, a traumatic negative uh, dementia event, which is often when your reality doesn't coexist with the reality. Um, that's just bad improv. Yeah, right? Like, come on, everybody. That's like 101. Like, <laughs> yes, and. Like, I'm late for the ship. You know, it's like, yes, you are, Mrs. Rudiger. Let's get you over to the ship right now. 
And here we're stepping on the plank, right? <laughs> like you would be surprised at how many people, because they're fearful, right? Because I think the, the thing here is I want them to be able to have the grasp of reality because that's not what I'm seeing. So mostly it's family members who have that fear-based reaction in those scenarios where they say, no, it's, it's no, you know, it's September of 2020. Uh, your, your daughter is here. You know, everyone's trying to always course correct that, that sort of the, the reality or the perception of that reality. And it's just, I mean, that, that's a, that's a totally different study. There are some uh, groups that are, that are looking into that. And, and obviously there's some groups administering uh, really, really interesting testing um, about people who are more predisposed to not only Alzheimer's, but like Parkinson's and, and other uh, stress related neurologically impacted diseases. Um, for a lot of people who suffer Parkinson's, they tend to be very A-type, high, high executive function, um, like CEOs, right? These people kind of, they operate at a very, very high stakes quite often, and they're under like immense pressure. And that tends to get to this, this deep root part of their brains. Um, and more people who have Parkinson's, like more CEOs have Parkinson's than almost any other neurological effect. Wow. Huh. It's I'm, crazy. I'm, I'm process. Yeah, I'm processing that. That's 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 really really interesting. Huh. Well, there's no good segue, oh, yeah. but I want but I want to talk about FLS Academy. Oh yeah. <laughs> Speaking well, of CEOs, <laughs> hey, I'm the CEO of FLS Academy. There um, you go. So so yeah, all of this to say, we're just really interested in what the effects of improv has on people's brains, but more importantly, and that, that's a lot of the work I do with Speechless. More importantly, for Free Solid Stream Academy, it's what the effect is on the community. So what we're trying to do with FLS Academy is our mission is to create, or no, that's not true. Our mission is to foster diverse creative voices, period. That is, that is why we exist. Um, the way we do it is by creating an environment where people feel authentically themselves and that they are seen and recognized as their authentic self. And then they encourage others to do the same. Uh, and improv is a fabulous tool to help people do that. Well, if you're literally activating the part of your brain that takes the devil off your shoulder, you know, you're deactivating the dorsolateral prefrontal cortex, then people... Bing, 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 bing. Yeah. <laughs> so people are able to be more themselves, be more their authentic self. And... and I guess as a result, be more creative, come up with new ideas, be like fill in the blank. Yeah. And that's exactly what it is too, that you were asking me before about what the next part of this all kind of leads to uh, around the sort of like the neuroscience of it all. And now with the Free Solid Stream Academy, we want to see how this kind of practice can help you with these different mindsets or, or things that we think are particularly useful or important in creating a, and our, our company has no bones about this. We are an anti-racist corporation. Like we are a company that is heavily invested in undoing racism. So we use tools and methodologies that are steeped in anti-racist theory. So all of our uh, facilitators go through trainings around, um, the facilitator's guide to participatory decision-making. 
This is this really wonderful tool that was developed in the 80s and early 90s around doing research that was with communities, not on communities. So, hmm. And to this day, a lot of research is done on people and to them, not with them. So there's something called CVPR, community-based participatory research, where you hear from stakeholders, where you get insights from the people who are being affected by this research, and then you allow them to inform the process and the outcomes. So that takes a lot of facilitation. That takes a lot of deep listening. That takes a lot of being there with the people in the, in the environment in which they exist. Um, and these tools, these CVPR tools, uh, are all around helping the group to be a better version of themselves. And so that's what our facilitators do. They also do Pedagogy of the Oppressed, uh, which is a fantastic book by Paulo Freire, who was a Brazilian uh, theologist and uh, uh, educational expert. Most learning systems are bank deposit-style learning systems where we expect to give information to the, the, the body politic, the, the students or whoever it might be, and then they're meant to memorize it and then regurgitate it back. So this is very, very colonialist. This is very sort of like old school, hey, this is how we dominate a culture. Um, and that style of learning is the antithesis of what it is we're trying to do inside of this the academy, which is the wisdom of the room is greater than any one person. And even that facilitator bears witness to cathartic change and they themselves will be changed that not that's not that they're trying to shape the people who are the participants it's that they are trying to hold space in which they can shape themselves huh. okay so in college i said i did i did improv so i did comedy sports and that was it was it was an activity for me it was something like to get out and have some fun and meet some friends and not be at it's stuck in my dorm on a Friday and Saturday night because I was a nerd and I didn't go to bars. So, <laughs> ding, 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 FLS, ding, ding. <laughs> so FLS Academy, uh, I, you know, I would consider like, oh, okay, yeah, it's, I, I go take an improv class. But it just the way you described it, it's so much more. It's so much deeper than it's about building a community and it's about building real connections. It's not, it's not about just getting out there and like taking a class for a couple of nights to not be home or something, right? Absolutely. You know, I think a lot of people imagine that improv is a bit of a extrovert's dream come true in which they are able to share the version of themselves that they want to have seen. And that totally can be true for a lot of improv. Um, and then that also encourages the system that already exists, which is generally white men tend to feel very comfortable sharing their voice. Um, and there's plenty of that out there. Kudos. Keep going. That's great. But I think we also need to have something that says, whomever you might be, reticent or not, your voice is valuable. And so we want to learn and hear from your perspective to then help inform and shape what the group's perspective is so that we raise all boats, right? So that the level of the lake gets higher, not the individual boat goes faster. Some of the best people I've ever performed with have been such hardcore introverts. They, they, they sit back and they watch and they observe life and they've got so much to tell and they're afraid to tell it. And so this gives them, this gives them the outlet. Absolutely. I, I love so much the ability for people to say, that's not something I can do. And then giving themselves the permission to fail at it until they are able to do it. 
And I think that in a nutshell is all we're trying to do. Create the opportunity for you to try and try and try again in an environment that says, I can't wait for you to try again. Keep trying. Um, and I think that's what we need. I think that's what we, we as a society need. We need to be able to hear each other better. We need to be able to see different perspectives and react to them, willing to be changed by those perspectives and willing to try to change others. So let me ask you then a question about the timeline. So FLS is 15 years old plus now. And that was before, it, you started it before social media, before Facebook. Uh, oh no, it was right as Facebook, right? No, it was right, yeah, just before. So now in today's social media age, where everything is just, look how great I am. Look how many TikTok followers I've got. I I need to be good. To be successful, I need to have praise. Have have you found it harder to like decrystallize these hardened mm-hmm. pathways when people come into the academy at first and start to get them comfortable with failure? Because like that, that's that's me right now. I haven't improved like regularly in fifteen years, mm-hmm. more. So I'm like scared shitless to to do it to, to go to an academy class. Great, you're welcome. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, I do think that that people tend to put themselves under a bit of a, of a more perfectionist microscope now, uh, and it's because we have that microscope at all times in our hands, and we are turning the microscope into a motion picture or a still or a collage or a slideshow of our life for others, uh, in the hopes that others might ratify and or um, amplify who it is we think we are. That will forever be a difficult, fully realized proposition with a device in your hand. There are dopamine receptors being activated. There are, you know, various levels uh, of of, um, joy centers being sort of stimulated by that, but there's no oxytocin release. There's no, there's no chemical of, you know, a lot of people call it the like the love chemical or whatever it might be. There's nothing generally in this version of our living, the scrolling version of our living, that really, really has that same palpable oxytocin release where we are with other humans and we feel seen, heard, and felt. Oh, that's, that's okay. I, I've said on this podcast many times that I feel like we are falling in love chemically with our phones. And, and I thought that was the oxytocin. So maybe if you, yeah, correct me. So it's, so from our phones, we're getting dopamine and serotonin, but the yeah, and cortisol as well. Yeah. And, and yeah, cortisol yeah. as well. Cause there's arousal. So, so the cortisol of it all is, is I think that thing that we're getting addicted to, which is like, Oh, I'm aroused. Oh, this thing is, is, is giving me some kind of feedback, but it's not until there's something that's solidified that usually is a, is, is a pheromone. Uh, uh, there's something there that also is is connected to and reliant upon other humans being in the same environment. So, you know, you can start that off with that dopamine, right, for the serotonin to to begin its core its mm-hmm. its travel, and then you get to the cortisol, which is like, yep, you want more of this, and that's as far as I think the phone gets us, because you just keep getting back to you want more of this. Very rarely do you get to the part where you think. Ugh, I got what I wanted. Oh no, no one's ever satisfied 
from social media. You're satisfied from physical touch. Uh, yes, that or like the the our, the voice of someone who loves you, you know, speaking close or in your ear on whether that be on a phone or, or otherwise. Um, but even this, right, Alan? Like even even this video and and audio experience that we're having, like it would be very different if I was next to you. And I know you know that. I'm not. I'm not. This is not me saying something novel in any way. Um, but I do think that there are some. And we're all feeling it now during this isolation. There is something profoundly lacking when we are isolated. And that's not to say that people who are isolated aren't complete or whole or wonderful humans. They are. Um, but there is a real strong reliance in the way that our brains have been built around this sort of that finalization, that, that, that you know, complete feeling that we get when we're with another human. Yeah, yeah. You you leave a group of friends after spending hours sitting with them. It's different than getting off a Zoom call and turning around and saying, "Oh, I'm in the same room that I've been in for the last twelve hours." Yeah, yeah. complete completely different feeling. Oh God, I, I want to get out and see my friends now. <laughs> I know. I mean, we all do, right? This is this is a this is a truly unique and truly difficult time. Um, and the only thing that that I know that has been really helpful and that's really been in, we're deeply investigating in the Freestyle Supreme Academy as well is that sense of belonging and community. So I hear what you're saying in terms of like being in a room with my friends. I get it, right? That, that's how we're all feeling. So what's the closest we can get to that? And for us at the Academy, we try to put people into breakout rooms. We try to give the pe people opportunities to have privileged communication with each other, but then to also share in a way that feels like it's a little more communal. So we do what are called recess uh, opportunities for alumni where they just get to do cypher sessions with each other. And we'll give them like little challenges. It'll be like, cool, it'll be the guessing game. So get into your breakout room. Um, one person will leave and not listen. And then the, the other four of you will try to get them to guess who they are, right? Like old, old game, right? Everybody knows that game. You just have to now do it in rap. Um, and so we're trying to, to make physical some of these things because when you physicalize it, you know, when you, when you get a little bit into your body as well, you do trick the brain a little bit to, to getting some of that, that closer to, to the oxytocin release, uh, as it were. Um, and I think the doing, I think being active and being playful is something we should try to do every day if possible. So you, the breakout rooms you were talking about, is that physical in a room or are you, I literally you're you're holding the classes on Zoom and it's the Zoom breakout rooms. Yes. Now during COVID times, it's yeah, Zoom yeah. with Zoom breakout rooms. Um, when it's when we are allowed to gather again in person, we've had in real life classes where it's usually up to 20 students in each class. Um, and and yeah, you can tell the classes that were formed before COVID and the classes that are formed during COVID, while there's a lot of support and trust there, there's nothing to replace that psychological safety that comes with in real life interactions. Oh yeah. And I think it's, it's like you said, pheromones or whatnot, you can, whether it's a sexual or sensual attraction or not, you could walk into a room with somebody and you just feel like it's that, that, uh, what's the Will Ferrell movie where we're like, we just become best friends. Yup. Like <laughs> step brothers. Yeah. Like you walk in and you're like, Oh, like I'm either attracted to you and I can feel you're attracted to me or like a bromance or a, uh, what's the female equivalent of a bromance. Um, is there fomance? Fem, 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 fem
Okay. Um, so a bromance or a femmance, uh, or, or a theymance. And, and yeah, well done. Or a Zedmance. Zedmance, yeah. And, uh, like, yeah, you can walk in and you're like, yeah, you're, I, we just got to be friends. We just got to talk. We, you know, you, you're attracted to somebody. You're attracted to be near that person, mm, whether sexual or not. Yeah, I totally get that. Um, Let's play a game. Want to play a game? Yeah. You ready? We're going to read each other's minds. This is impossible, okay. but we're going to try to do it. It's called convergence. So convergence. you're going to think of a random word and you'll say the number one. And then I'm going to try to read your mind. And then when I think I know what your word is, I'll say two. And then we'll count together one, two, three. Now it's super hard when you're on Zoom like this. So just plow through the numbers. Don't feel like you have to wait for me to say it. Just go one, two, three, and then say your word. And I'll say the word I think you're thinking at the same time. And hopefully we'll say the same word. Now, it's very rare that that ever happens on the first time around. So we're probably going to have to try more than once. But we now have parameters to go by. So whatever word you said first and whatever word I said first, we're now going to try to find the middle word between it. So if you said pineapple and I said tree, ooh, we were actually pretty close. We're now going to try to find what's between pineapple and tree. And then we would think about what that is. And then the, whoever thinks they got it says one. And then like, oh, what does Anthony think it is? And then you say two. And then we'll count together one, two, three. And then we'd say what we think that new word is. Okay. 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 All right. Here we go. Starting from scratch. So I have to think. I have to think of your word. No, you have to think. You, you have to think of a random word now, and I will too. And whenever you're inspired, then say one. And whoever goes first, now the other person's trying to read their mind with two. One. Oh, okay. <laughs> two. <laughs> one. One. Two. two three. three Cortashews. Oh, good one. Cashews and cortex. Right. So what's in between cashews and cortex? What's the word that combines the two of them or is in right in the middle between the two of them? One. Two. <laughs> one, one. Two. two three. three nutrients. <laughs> right. Pistachios and nutrients. What's the middle word between pistachios and nutrients? One. Two. One, One two, two, three. Protein. Nut. Oh, that, I wanted to say protein. I can remember it. I can remember the word. <laughs> Great. I was okay. like, I was like, new, okay, 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 okay. Nut and protein. Nut and protein. What's between nut and protein? Can't believe I didn't say protein. Don't beat yourself up. We're moving on to the next okay, point. Okay, okay. Nut and protein. Already behind us. Not what's between nut and protein. One. <sighs> okay. You were reaching for it, so I was uh two. One, One two, two, three, three chemicals. <laughs> trans fats chemicals what's in between those you got it uh see this is this is where the okay i'm not gonna beat myself up i'm not gonna beat yeah. myself up yeah i immediately go to that defensive place yeah trans fats and chemicals um mm -hmm. one two one, One, two, two three. three. MSG. Health food. Oh. 
<laughs> yeah, I went the opposite way. You went the, great. I love it. MSG health food. MSG health food. What? <laughs> uh, oh, God. What am I thinking? You're focusing on what you think I'm. I, yeah. Be in service of my brain. So you're it's not about you coming. It's not about right, you coming right. up with the right answer. It's about you being in service of what you think I'm thinking. Chemistry, health, food. One. Try to think of. I know you know health food with MSG in it. No. And I, <laughs> I love it. I'd uh health food with MSG. Um 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 uh can I say the same word again? Oh yeah, no, anything that word? we've said before, yeah, anything we said before is dead to us. Okay. Good question. And the worst thing is you could be wrong and we go again. Right. Right. That's as bad as it gets. Okay. Um, why is this so bloody difficult? I don't know. And it's okay that it is. We may never say the same word, right? Like, that's, that's okay. Right. All right, one more time. Let's see. Uh, okay. Um, uh, uh, two. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> one. One, two, two three... three. GMO, GMO DNA. That is really good. That is really good. Okay, let's pause there. We may never say the same word, and that is totally fine. It's not about necessarily saying the same word. It's just listening to each other deeply and then feeling like, oh, I think I know Alan's brain a little bit better now, right? Like, I, I learned a ton about you during that. Right. And you even revealed a lot about yourself in that. Why do I go to the negative right away? Why am I judging myself about what it is I'm about to say that could be wrong? Do I want to make sure that Anthony knows that I'm on the same page? Is it that I was told that I should only speak up when I'm right in school? Like, there's a lot of stuff that's going on underneath the hood here during this game that is delicious because now when we breathe together, I'm like, Oh, okay. When I work with Alan on this next project, I'm going to know a little bit about his thinking process. That's why I love this game so much. Oh, these are good corporate games. They're good drinking games, hanging out with your buddies. Yeah, for sure. We, I mean, wow. my family plays this all the time. Convergence, and I've taught this to a ton of friends. And once you like start playing it, you're like, I just that's all I want to do. Can I just do Convergence now? <laughs> <laughs> do you play anyway, with your... Oh, go ahead. If you do get the, the say the same word at the same time, here's what you have to do. You have to go, we said the same word. We said the same <laughs> word. We are magic. Right? <laughs> it's just like be totally silly, be really ridiculous, and like allow yourself to feel that victory. Allow yourself to feel that whatever, or not even a victory, but just whatever that arc of the story was. I, I was going to say, are you teaching this to your kids? I feel like it's something really oh, yeah. good to play with your with your kids. Oh yeah, oh yeah. My my oldest daughter is is very good at it. She reads my mind really well. My youngest doesn't give a f. Like she's just like, okay, let's do it. And then she'll just be like, 
she'll just say crazy <laughs> stuff, which makes it really interesting though. Cause you're like, you're like, oh, what is this six year old going to say next? Oh, jelly, you know, like and, and there's, there's no way that that was the, the midpoint between hypothalamus and light bulb. But anyway, please spend half uh, your time explaining what a hypothalamus is. They don't, they, they're like, stop dad. It's boring. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, oh, there was one other thing. Oh, so speechless ink. Yeah. Which is uh, another company you started and it's more, that's more in the corporate training. The, the like corporate, I know you do stuff for Google and you do things for other companies um, yeah. where you get, uh, Basically, is the, is it through that that you improvise a PowerPoint presentation that you've never seen before? Yeah, so Speechless started out as a live show. And the way it started was we got all these like, you know, big names from the tech world and stand-up comedians and improvisers to do a show together where we put together these slides that they'd never seen and they spin a wheel and it lands on a topic, you know, or, or a style of speech. So it's like a TED Talk or a eulogy or a quarterly report. And then they have to give a talk in earnest in that style with slides they've never seen before. Um, and that has turned into a training um, process that we do with a lot of, of teams and organizations because lots of teams have these front-facing things. So we get the speakers ready for Google I.O. We get speakers ready for Adobe Max, like all these things where they kind of like, you know, need to be the best version of themselves and we think that all entails them getting to their flow state and not judging themselves. So improv is a real great, like you said, catalyst to, to help you get to that part of your brain. Have you ever worked with um, like talk show hosts or, or anybody of that nature that you know, their job every day is to improvise a conversation? Uh, I've done a lot of podcast um, work. So I've worked with um, different teams uh, that that house these different various podcasts uh, and helping them to kind of structure story. So there's a couple of teams inside of Adobe we've done that for. Uh, Gimlet Media, we've, we've worked with them in the past. We've even helped them to like do all their upfronts and stuff before they got bought out by Spotify. Um, so yeah, that's that's sort of par for the course for sure. Yeah, it's again. It seems like a skill. You 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 think about things in passing, or people say things in passing that now are kind of being contextualized. Even after just the fifty minutes of this conversation here, it's just oh, that that person's good at conversation, or that person can talk to people, or whatever it is. And that's that's neural pathways that have been you know in, again nature versus nurture nurture. Some people may be predisposed to be okay talking to people, but they've had that reinforcement and that training and then practice to then be okay talking to strangers. Yeah, and, and synthesizing the experience in some way, right? So, so if I were a great talk show host and, and I asked a better question of you, like I, I'm being asked a question, so I haven't been doing much, very many ans uh, question answer asking, but if I had, I might have said to you when you first explained to me, I loved you know getting to know musicals and shows, and I'd be like, oh, what are a couple of your favorite musicals? What is something that you grew up on? You're like, oh, I love this one so much. So go ahead, give me one or two of those. Music Man, Singing in the Rain, West Side Story. Right. Music Man, Singing in the Rain, West Side Story. So when you just said what you said, right, about like, oh, you're good at conversations, I would have just said, well, 76 trombones do come marching in the big parade, right? So that's me going back to a moment that was meaningful to you earlier in what it was we were just talking about. 
It's synthesizing all that we learned in between from then to now. And it's reflecting back that I heard you and what you said mattered to me. That's it. Like that, that's your job as someone who is trying to talk to people and trying to pull stuff out of people. It's to let them feel heard and seen and felt. Well, all I want to do is just take the academy classes all day long now. <laughs> do it. <laughs> this, is, do it. <laughs> this is, I mean, it's, it's so fun to me to, to, I mean, just be around a group of people that are pointed in the same direction you are, regardless of what you're doing. Yeah. But then when you're also in there for the express purpose of feeling good and connecting with people and exploring yourself and others, it, it's just, it, it's this exponential growth that I think we're, you know, I, I applaud you for doing it in a very anti-racist way, in a very forward-thinking way, because this is, like you said, it's exactly what we need as a society right now to work with people, not for them. If did I? Yeah, I think I said. I think I rephrased that, or I think I said that right. Yeah. So yeah, I, I love the concept of everyone who comes to the academy. I imagine them to be a shareholder, right? So it's like they own the company as much as anyone else does. And so if we we work with that kind of impetus that that the ownership belongs to the community and, and those who are being affected by this, then I think we we end up pointing the ship in a direction that everybody would like to go. And it might take yeah. a little bit longer to steer that ship, but I think it's worth it. I think it's worth it. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Okay, so where can we go and sign up for the Academy? Oh, fantastic. So fls.academy is our new website. You can also check us out at freestyleupsupreme.com. You can get to it that way too. Uh, but we just launched our own Academy website, fls.academy. Oh, it's dot academy. It's not okay. Sweet. Okay, fls dot academy. Get those three letter domain names. That's hard to get. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, well, and, and it's called the academy, and we we're like, oh, what's the best way to put? The, oh, fls dot academy. So it's it's the fls academy is what we're called. You just put the dot in front of the academy. You got us. We're there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we'll wrap up here with the three standard closing questions that I ask everybody hmm. on the podcast. The first one oh. is, what motivates you? Ooh, um, what motivates me? Got so many things, but probably my daughters in particular right now. Um, you know, <laughs> there's so many things in the world that uh, that seem to be huge challenges that that they will be facing, uh, and I'm trying all that I can to investigate some of those to at least shed a little bit of light before they actually have to tackle them. That includes uh, sexuality, sexual, uh, you know inadequacies that exist in our system around women in our society. Um, most women experience sexual trauma in their lives. That's what I'm bringing my daughters into. So I, I need to investigate that. Um, learning in new ways. I learn from them all the time. Um, being even more in the moment, like they are, they are in the moment machines, right? So if I'm doing bath time with them and I'm not concentrating on bath time, if I'm like worried about them being in bed, which is three steps removed from bath time, that's a death knell for us having an enjoyable time. <laughs> Stay in the moment, right? I love that. Yeah, it's that is such a unique answer from from uh, you know all the other hundred plus guests I've had on here. It and and it shows that you're taking the question in earnest. It's you're it's a very some people make jokes they're like ah it's money or you know it's fame whatever, but you completely gave a serious answer like a very not not in a boring way. Just it was real. And it's, I think that's, again, that's your neural pathways. You're not defensive. You don't care. You're just yourself. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm going to the thing that's like, oh, what's truthful for me and what brings me joy? And and that that's generally, the, you're right, that's generally the route I travel. I'm, I'm incredibly lucky, though, that I've been able to work on that. Incredible. Oh, I, I'm interrupting my end here, but the game Truth, like, absolutely love it because I think that's so cathartic uh, for people to be up there freestyling or singing, whatever their style may be, about something that genuinely happened to them. And sometimes they're very, very personal stories. Oh, yeah. And oh, you're yeah. learning about each other in the moment on stage in front of a Broadway house full of people. <laughs> I love it so much. Yes, that's one of my favorite things for sure. Yeah, okay. Um, second question then, what advice would you give to your younger self and younger people listening now starting out down a similar path? <clears throat> oh, this is a good one. <clears throat> I would say that keep following joy, but also know that there might be some dark clouds that try to enter the, the sky of your joy. And to know that you don't have to stay with those, that you don't have to, you don't have to be surrounded by those stormy, troubled clouds. You can always find a bit of blue sky. And then last question. If you could only see one show for the rest of your life, but you could see it as many times as you want, what would you see? Full Moon, uh, which is a show that um, Bill Irwin and uh, Will Schreiner did back in the 90s. It's an improvised physical comedy show with the red clay <clears throat> the red clay ramblers playing songs behind them and then they like pulled someone up on stage their minds they don't speak at all and every show was different because they'd be bringing audience members up and it's very much what inspired me to do improv i wow. love that show so incredibly much awesome okay so find the academy at fls.academy of course, freestylelovesupreme.com. Um, watch We Are Freestyle Love Supreme on Hulu, if you subscribe to Hulu. And then where can we find yeah. you personally on social? On Twitter, I'm at Anth Venezieli, A-N-T-H-V-E-N-E-Z-I-A-L-E. And then I just do the Instagram through Freestyle Love Supreme. So if you want to look up Freestyle Supreme on Instagram, that's where I am. Also, speechless. Sorry, it's speechlessinc.com is the you know corporate training. And, and it's really... Uh, uh, we call it mental fitness. We're doing a lot of work around being mentally fit. And I, I used to kind of scoff at that term, but it's chemically very necessary. Otherwise, you atrophy, just like any muscle. I completely, I completely agree. All right. You can get more of me at thetheaterpodcast.com. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at theater underscore podcast. Please leave a rating, leave a review. Thank you to Jukebox the Ghost for the intro and outro music. <laughs> Anthony, <laughs> I wish this was a video podcast. And he doesn't are, know the territory. He doesn't know the territory. What's what the fellow's line? What do you talk? What do you talk? Dog, dog. <laughs> Thank you so much. This has been such a great chat. I love talking science. Thank you, Alan. Take a deep breath, make the world a little colorful. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now 
and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.